right, uh, Grayson, peace to you. Today is March 10th, 2021, and uh, my name is Matt Barrios. I'm here with some other folks from our staff. We have Dave Lomas. Yay. <laughs> that was perfect, Dave. And we have Melissa Weinish. Yay. <laughs> this is going to be fun. Uh, so uh, what we're doing right now on the on the podcast is we're doing some follow-up to our Sunday sermons. And um, this last week, Dave, you got to preach to our congregation about, gosh, I mean, a, a number of topics, but especially around fear and the practice of uh, silence and solitude um, for the sake of like a peaceful interaction with God, finding peace with God. Mm. So, um, you know, some of what we're doing in these episodes is like what, what didn't quite make the sermon, but was like, mm. oh yeah, that would have been an interesting angle to take on it. So that'll be the first portion of what we're exploring. So yeah, Dave, what were some of those things that you're like, oh man, cut for time. <laughs> you know, from the sermon or stuff that didn't quite make it in. Yeah, it's funny because um, the, every sermon is a collaboration. We've been collaborating as a sermon team, mm -hmm. and then I've been collaborating with John Mark in Portland. And so there's high collaboration in all of these sermons, which is really, really fun. And when you have high collaboration, and, and we threw it out to the staff too, saying, you know, if you, knowing the sermon schedule, if there's any topic that you really feel like passionate about and you want to jump in, on the sermon team that week and collaborate, like show up with something. Don't just show up as a looky-loo, show up with something. <laughs> uh -huh. And two more people jumped in. It was a giant room of people. Like, and yeah. so there was so much that people brought to this because we're really passionate about this on staff, mm -hmm. making sure that we're, there's time cultivated in the presence of God and silence and solitude. And we have a whole Emmanuel prayer ministry devoted mm -hmm. to that. And we've been talking about this during the everyday mystic series a few years ago. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot left on the cutting room floor. I cut, yeah, yeah. I submitted the, my notes on Thursday and I cut a third of it and then rewrote a third, the last third. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I cut a ton and there was a bunch on distraction. What, what, what comes to mind? What might come to mind for you when you do confront your false self in silence? Mm -hmm. um, where, where's God at in that? And so we'll get into a lot of that today, yeah. but there was a bunch of things that I really wanted to like almost take people through a journey of maybe for, for, for me, or maybe the, some of the people in on the sermon team, or what is it? What does the mind look like from the inside of silence? Mm -hmm. What are distractions? What do you do with distractions? Mm -hmm. um, there's a wonderful book by Martin Laird called Into the Silent Land, which I quoted from, mm -hmm. and he has these whole things on distractions as doorways, mm -hmm. and really cool because he does this whole like Dungeons and Dragons thing with it. Like there's a riddle into it. I'm so into it. I yeah. know. So into it. you would be into this. So into this. every distraction, there's a riddle that you must solve to pass this doorway of distraction into something deeper in silence. Mm -hmm. And he talks about the four doorways of distraction and then the riddle to unlock it. And it's just so genius and so helpful. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I know you're here for this. I'm 100% here for this, and I have thought about Dungeons and Dragons as a spiritual discipline before. Oh my God. <laughs> but we can get into that on another yeah. very exciting episode yeah. of this podcast. <laughs> but um, okay, so uh, what I hear in that is like lots of stuff. We're, we are doing this team approach for um, writing sermons right now, which is amazing. I love getting to collaborate on it all together. So um, distraction. Let's start there. <laughs> right. Like, so it, you can't, it's hard to talk about like anxiety, fear mm -hmm. in the soul mm -hmm. and how that's what we confront when we 
enter into solitude and silence. Um, and, and some of the ways that comes up is like we actually distract ourselves to stay out of uh, confronting some of that anxiety and fear, mm-hmm. right? Melissa, what, you know, what are your thoughts about like distraction, anxiety, and the practice of solitude and silence? Yeah. Um, well, so like cards on the table. I'm like I'm probably I'm, I'm like one of those anxious people. <laughs> I definitely, <laughs> that has been um, my struggle in my life for a long time. Actually, I was only recently put together. Like I was in sixth grade when I would have to take Zantac because I would get so oh worked up gosh. about a test, and I never really like realized. Oh yeah, I've always been this person. Yeah. So it's been with me for a while. I think I use distraction as a tool to stay out of anxiety. So like mm-hmm. if I'm kind of in my head about something and I'm worried about something, I have learned that, oh, if if I turn on the office or if mm-hmm. I go for a run or if I go and surround myself with people, I won't have to be like in my head about this thing, which that's using all those things at their absolute healthiest, right? If it's mm-hmm. like, if you're in your head about something that you can't control and you shouldn't be worrying about, like distraction helps you get out of your head. Sure. And that's been really helpful to me, particularly like being with people. That's like for me really grounding and just mm-hmm. like, wow, all these people who are like have their hands on the real world and keep me out of the one that's not real in my brain. Uh, yeah. What have you done to like get into those distractions and see them for what they are like for real, for real? I mean, obviously therapy, I would imagine. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. As it pertains to science and solitude, have right. you explored that? Yeah. Well, I think it's I've had to identify that there is every tool can be weaponized and mm-hmm. um that if if there's one thing about getting out of like unhealthy loops in your brain there's another one you just full-on escape your the reality like you escape yeah. what you need to deal with and mm-hmm. um i think silence and solitude has been an exercise where i have had to look like i have to look at what what it is and i have mm-hmm. to like be willing to name it and to face it and to say like there's a, there's value in calling it out and, and like spending time with the Lord, like holding it in front of me. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's a time and a place to, in a healthy way, then go to like people who are going to help ground you and even point you more to Jesus and like hold you accountable in those things. Or just like, I'm going to go outside and run my body and just like, you know, like physically work out the stuff that's going on for me. There's probably no healthy use for watching The Office other than it's super funny and quality <laughs> television. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, I think it's it has been just acknowledging like those those things are like f- they're like flares mm-hmm. to stuff that needs to be addressed. And That's good. You can't ignore it. It has to be it has to be like lorded over. And so mm, either yeah. you'll mute it with something or mm-hmm. you'll allow God to like lord over it. That's I think that's a really helpful way to to view it is muting it or letting God reign mm-hmm. over it, right? And there's some forms of distraction that are are basically like, I need to numb this away. I need mm-hmm. to get get away from this. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I confess this to uh, our our staff today during our, our staff meeting as we're like sharing about our, our rule of life and stuff as a staff. And uh, my screen time report on my iPhone on Sunday said that I had spent 10 hours on Instagram, mm-hmm. which is a it's like to even say that out loud, I'm deeply embarrassed to even <laughs> say this to, you know, X number of people listening. And, um, and I was like, so disturbed by that. Mm-hmm. 
And of course, I want to say like I was sick last week. I was home doing nothing. I was sick. <laughs> yeah, I was sick. Yeah, right. <laughs> Quote unquote. Right. No, but um, yeah. So uh, when I saw that, and uh, kind of knowing since we were on this sermon team, like uh, we're going to be talking about silence and solitude, um, fear, and you know all these things, I just had this refreshed sense of. Um, what one thing my therapist said, like, what gets your attention gets you. Mm-hmm. And like Instagram has been getting my attention, mm-hmm. right? Some of that's just pandemic life and I want to see my friends and whatever. Mm-hmm. Some of it is utterly uh, absurd <laughs> extremes of that, right? And and so I, I decided to, to put it away and delete it from my phone and whatnot. And it feels good, but part of what's happening is... I just get anxious and I get bored mm-hmm. and I don't like being anxious or bored. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, I was, um, talking to my counselor the other day and, and starting to get like, what is the anxious thing? What's driving the anxious thing? Mm-hmm. What's, you know, peak below the hood. And it's this, um, it's this kind of like intense belief that if I'm not doing something that I don't have value or something like that. Mm-hmm. I need to produce. I need to make something happen. I need something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And uh, which is completely stemming out of a, a belief that is is not a belief found within like a Christian framework for the world that like I am just not enough. Mm-hmm. Right. I just I don't have it. Mm-hmm. Right. When I need to let there be something reframed into the reality that God's created, which is. Yeah, like God, God has named me as his son. Mm-hmm. He has given me, I am a part of the inheritance of his family. Um, I have the Holy Spirit, like all these things that are, are more deeply true, but they, those kind of beliefs need to box out these other beliefs right. that drive the anxiety and drive the, mm-hmm. the boredom and whatnot. Right. So I, I, I say that just because I think I mean, that's just my most recent example of what turning the distraction off and then looking below the surface of what's driving it, mm-hmm. where it gets. And I, I feel like it's getting to some someplace spiritually rich mm-hmm. where God wants to do something mm-hmm. and be connected to me. And it, it's really encouraging. Mm-hmm. So off of that. Yeah. So I think that's really, really remarkable and so important. And I think the the point of science and solitude is regular practice. The practice of it Mm -hmm. is that very thing. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of people don't have access to a therapist or they don't have access to a good therapist that they connect with. There's, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that I I talk to like therapy is a really important thing. It's a, it's a very, very important thing. Mm -hmm. Not the most important thing, but a, a, a important thing. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people like, I can't connect with one. And in the words of, um, both, uh, uh, Thomas Merton and David McKinney. Um, <laughs> God is a divine therapist. The Holy Spirit mm-hmm. is a divine therapist. Mm-hmm. And what silence and solitude does after regular practice, and that, that's kind of what I, I would really love to talk a little, dive yeah. a little bit into that, what we mean by that. Um, this is the stuff that comes up. Mm-hmm. See, at first, when we first start silence, um, we have all the time videos playing in our head. This is Martin Laird's language, videos or narratives is, mm-hmm. would be, like um, other people's language. We, we're always playing out stories in our heads. And they, 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 
they take the form of a distraction that turns into a story, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. when we're silent, we're distracted by shopping list and then it turns into what to eat. And then do I want to be eating that? And, Mm -hmm. oh, I should have been doing that diet, but then I'm not doing that diet and I need to be doing this. And, you know, I'm going to start re-upping this diet and I'm going to do, because I don't, look like this and I'm not enough and blah, 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 blah. and there's, mm-hmm. there's, and that mm-hmm. takes a half a second to do in your, in your yes. head. Yeah. This is what, um, this is what happens in, in our, uh, our minds. We tell us ourselves a story and this happens over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so what silence does is allows us to go the first distraction our first doorway of, of silence is a distraction on like the thing, whatever things come up in our, in our mind, mm-hmm. boredom, Mm-hmm. Um, anxiety, fears, whatever, surface mm-hmm. level. like, and, and so those are there. These distractions, and Martin Laird's, Laird's language, is these distractions are like gargoyles guarding the cathedral. Mm-hmm. They're actually, if you, if you can get past these into, um, into the cathedral, mm-hmm. this is where the real stuff happens. Mm-hmm. But most of us won't get past distractions. Mm-hmm. We're stuck there. And he goes, and he would say in his language, you're not actually worthy to get through them then until you can deal with your distractions. And there's a way of doing it. Um, Historically, it's uh, a centering word, a sacred word, return to a a prayer. So this is, um, uh, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. This is Mm -hmm. the Jesus prayer. This could be um, what we did on Sunday, be still and know that I am God. Mm -hmm. Or it could be what you and I have talked about, a word, just choose a word. Mm -hmm. It could be a beautiful word. It could be a word like thanks, thankful. And you're, and you're, and you're quiet and you're still, and then you return to this word. As soon as your mind starts to go, mm-hmm. you deter, you return to this word over and over again. So if it's thank you, it's thank you. And so you're trying to, the, the first step is you're trying to get to where you meet your distractions, not with a video, mm-hmm. but with stillness. Mm-hmm. That's the hope. The hope is to meet mm-hmm. your distraction with stillness, mm-hmm. not meet your distraction with a commentary or video that ends up turning into your identity. You'll eventually get there, but the first is like meeting with stillness. And when you can do that, once you get past that, and this might take weeks or months, just regular practice to where you start to realize, and this is, this was like mind blowing to me when I first discovered this, Hmm. these commentaries actually have dimension to them and they're not me. This is the thing. We, mm-hmm. we enmesh ourselves yeah. with our commentaries. We yeah. think we are mm-hmm. bored or anxious. We are mm-hmm. our anxieties. Mm-hmm. We are our fears. We, we, we think that's, that's us, but it's mm-hmm. not. It's actually a commentary, a story we tell ourselves that's not actually us and, and to the root level of who we are, or the base level of who we are. Mm-hmm. And we start seeing these things for what they are. They're, oh, they're a thing I'm telling myself. So what Laird says is the second now doorway, you pass that doorway of distraction to where you can meet distraction with stillness. And then after you're able to do that, you can actually start to um, see it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And then God starts to, that's where the interaction with God begins, yeah. where what are you believing here? Mm-hmm. It's almost like divine therapy. What are you believing mm-hmm. here? What is there? What are you afraid of? Mm-hmm. What's underneath that? So I'll, I'll read a passage yeah. and um, it's, it's not that long, but it's, it's not <laughs> short. It's only, it's like a page, <laughs> okay, but there's okay. a small book. Right. He says this and <laughs> Just giving you a primer, first doorway, second doorway. He says, before the first doorway, the prayer word functioned much like as a shield or a place of refuge. We could see that thought had stolen our attention, and then we returned to the prayer word. As we approach the second doorway, the prayer word is, 
is steadying our gaze on something more subtle. Mm -hmm. The obsessive mental patterns that are shaping and driving the thoughts and feelings that steal our, steal our attention. Say, for example, we are struggling with thoughts of anger or resentment. As we approach the first doorway, we gain the ability to see that the attention had been stolen by an angry thought. As we approach the second doorway, the stillness of prayer word allows us not only, to, not only the resentful thought to be spotted, but also the mental-emotional pattern that undergirds the thought. Mm-hmm. We can see ourselves whipping up commentary on past hurts that angered or frightened us. The commentary happens when the mind uses one of its millions of hands to grab onto something real or imagined. This grabbing, and it is lightning quick, produces the story we tell ourselves about our anger. This is what resentment is. It is crucial to be able to spot these stories, for there will be no liberation until we learn to drop the elaborate commentaries on our anger, Mm -hmm. and we cannot drop them until we see ourselves doing it. As a practice of prayer word leads us into deeper interior silence, we can calmly see the spinning of stories in our head in a way we can never, we never could before. Theophan says the prayer word, quote, will draw you together. Mm-hmm. One of the effects of the integration of our emotions into the prayer word is that we can now see the deeper patterns of mental obsession and grasping that shape and drive afflictive thoughts and feelings. This liberating and integrating dynamic characterizes the approach to the second doorway. It can be rather painful as repressed material comes into awareness, Mm -hmm. which I think is a really good description of exactly what happens between distraction and how distractions are actually things that carry us off into commentaries that we want to tell ourselves Mm -hmm. and then centering ourselves in prayer with God over and over again to where these distractions actually have dimension to where we we can, with the power of God and the presence of God, mm-hmm. start asking ourselves questions about these things. What's really there? Mm-hmm. What are you afraid of? What's mm-hmm. the thing? And this is where divine therapy begins to happen in science and solitude. Mm, yeah. So that was a lot. I said a lot, but I think <laughs> this is like this is the thing that was cut from the sermon. Yes. Mm-hmm. I wanted to share this, like how what distraction feels like and looks like. Mm-hmm. What I gather from that is, so the repeated practice of of silence allows us to develop a new kind of self-awareness of the stories we've come to depend upon, mm-hmm. right? Uh, that we've, that we've built our identities around that, that don't even feel like stories that were made up. They feel like the truth, mm-hmm. right? And what we get to do when we practice silence is build that muscle of, of observation in the sight of God. Actually. Um, it's not just self-awareness. It's actually like, things being revealed by God and in the presence of God so that we might be able to see them in the way that, that they actually are. Yeah. Uh, That makes sense to me. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I kind of, as you're talking, I'm like trying to visualize this extremely like meta concept, but I think of like, it's almost like you're at a carnival and you're being invited to go into a fun, like a fun house. And you're like, I don't really like, I want to go on a million other rides that are way more exciting or, but then you get into the fun house and you're immediately hit with like the room of mirrors. And it's just like overwhelming because you, you did not want to like face yourself. You wanted to go like move fast and like spin around and throw up and just like (laughs) do some everything else. And not only are you like now in the room of mirrors and like having to face all you but then you're actually like pulled into the mirror and you're actually like dealing with like what's 
not just like the image of all of you, but the depth of mm-hmm. every like it. That's like a that's a lot, and that sounds exhausting and like intimidating, and and it makes total sense to me why mm-hmm. there's such a innate aversion mm-hmm. to like who like that's a hard work yeah. and and rightfully so like but a necessary one yeah yes. i, I th- and i think most people have this very tranquil idea of what silence and solitude is and so we get into silence and solitude and we're like oh it's gonna be me and god it's yeah. gonna be so good it's yeah. gonna be like rivers of living water and you're met with chaos yeah you're met with utter chaos mm-hmm. and i think people need to know that's actually how it works you are met um either at the beginning or throughout your journey your practice with chaos yeah um there's something in there you're not alone in your chaos it's really important to know you're not alone you're with jesus Mm -hmm. jesus is with you he's Mm -hmm. holding you he's there present um and there's a reason there's a fleshing out that happens there's something that god is up to in that yeah ruth haley barton talks about silence and solitude um like you taking a mason jar and getting like river water mm-hmm. and that like the silent solitude is the, is the practice of shaking it up and putting it down. And that like, at first it is just nasty, murky river water and it, it takes time to settle. Mm-hmm. And that's the work of silence and solitude to like, let that water clear. And at, at first, like it is just nasty, chaotic river water but mm. after, as like this discipline, grow, as we grow in this discipline, as we practice it and lean into it, we see, we begin to see clearly through that jar. Yeah. I think it's important to tell our community this too, that silence and solitude is not um, a technique. Mm. Mm. Um, it's not a way that you're going to hack, like it's like seeing a therapist or doing the work of like reconciliation with a friend or it's not even a way where we are controlling the outcome. Mm. Yeah. I think it's really important because you don't control the outcome when yeah. it comes to silence and solitude. Mm-hmm. I'm telling mm. what are, the things that we're saying are, are things that masters before us who've s- devoted their life to this. Tell us about silence and solitude after they've been doing it for 40 years, mm. every single day for hours. Mm. Um, and they are true. I, the things that I experienced by doing it, not nearly as much as that, but have devoted part of my life to this as well. Um, but it's not a technique, like it goes in and out. Like, it's not like something that like I put in this input and I get this output. I put in Mm -hmm. this code, I get this thing. That's not how this works. It's not a technique that way. You, and and what science solitude does as well is it it causes you to give up control. Mm -hmm. Um, there's this really good quote that it got cut out by, um, by, um, Robert Mulholland in his book, Imitation of Journey, like his book on spiritual formation. And his thing is when silence and solitude, you have to surrender um, con- your, your life with God to God. You have to surrender mm-hmm. control because most of us are, we go to disciplines or formation yeah. or whatever as a way of like controlling the outcomes. Mm. If I do silence and solitude, then I have this life. If I read the Bible, I have that life. If yeah. I do this, I have this life what yeah. they really do is surrender outcomes to God mm. and he controls our, our growth. Mm-hmm. I, I see that. And Dave, you're like pushing my button right now because <laughs> that is the, the thing that is frustrating for me. And you know, like I, I'm a serious follower of Jesus. I'm very familiar with spiritual disciplines and you're uh, trained in it. I'm like trained in it. I have a to... master's degree in this yeah. thing. Right. So yeah. like, and it, 
I, I, I wish that meant that I was like over that hurdle of, um, of wishing I couldn't just control the outcome. Right. right? But I'm not. Um, but I, I, I think there's, it, you know, like it, it takes two wings to fly and it, it takes like a wing of proactivity and the make things happen. And, you know, that sort of thing that humans have, but it also takes the wing of like receptivity and like mm. willingness to receive gifts from God, from mm. people. And I think what, I, what I'm connecting to with what you're saying, Dave, is especially something like solitude and silence where we can't just be proactive about it. And then, uh, and that leads one-to-one to the result that we're after. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it is a practice of receiving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, I had a conversation with a congregant um, recently and um, he has a, a very, very vibrant prayer life. He's kind of um, one of the, the mature saints in our um, you know, congregation. I'm so thankful for uh, his spiritual maturity. And one of the things that he ha- has mentioned is um, just his surprise that um, having interactions with, you know, serious followers of Jesus who don't, don't believe that they can receive something from God. Mm-hmm. Like, Um, there's like a belief that that makes something like solitude and silence unappealing Mm -hmm. and and it's uh it it is fundamentally like no if i don't execute and get proactive then i'm not going to get the thing that i want yeah but there's actually a a provision that god's just giving and it's unpredictable um but we actually do get to receive from the lord when we sit with him relationally and and there's a gift there. Mm-hmm. And does it does it hit every single time that we're trying to get it? Mm-hmm. No, it doesn't. Yeah. And yet, like the that posture of receptivity is so important, I think, for um, a mature a mature life with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, solitude and silence as a regular practice is what uh, what cultivates that, what opens us to God in that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, the illustration of. Um, the like science and solitude and spiritual disciplines or practices are basically like gardening. Uh, gardening is all about developing the skills of receptivity. Mm-hmm. You don't make a plant grow, mm-hmm. but yeah. you provide the soil, you mm-hmm. provide the seed, you provide the water, mm-hmm. but you can't to make a plant grow. Yeah. Um, and, and that's exactly with, with the same thing. You, it's, it's just all receptivity. I can, here's what I can do. I could, um, I can water, I can plant, I can spend time in silent meditation with God. Um, I can confront my false self. I can bring that false self into the exposure to the light of Christ. Um, I can read, uh, I can witness, I, but I can't, I can't, I can't make myself grow. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. like, that's, I, I know if I have provided the right environment, God is faithful, but God brings increase, right? Mm-hmm. And it's being okay with that. There's some humility involved in that. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to age to become this like mystic that grows a great beard, but <laughs> first of all, I can't grow a great beard. And then second, I might not ever get there. I might not ever, I can be the receptive thing, but I might not ever become that. And, um, and you know, that's, that's what's so hard for, for our community because 
we really yeah. do believe if I do the right things, if I'm educated the right way, if yeah. I hustle the right way, if I've had the right investors, if I have the right thing, then the outcome is there. I know how to control outcome. A lot of programmers, a lot of people mm-hmm. that like, I mm-hmm. deal with this stuff, like boom, 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 put yeah. the right numbers in, the right numbers come out. But the spiritual life is a lot different. Mm-hmm. It's a lot different. It is. I think you're speaking to like, yeah, a particular temptation that exists in our church, which is this formulaic spirituality. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe even a belief that uh, our life with God is supposed to be formulaic. No, it, 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 uh, it's supposed to be a relationship. Read Job if you think it's formulaic. <laughs> exactly. That's literally why that book is there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, it really, 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 really why it's in the wisdom literature. Like it's, yeah. it's in there with Proverbs because you read Proverbs, you're like, that's how I think spiritual life is, right? right. Like you do this and you get that. Like uh-huh. then you read Job, you're like, wait, what? Like, why did the wicked prosper? Yeah, well, yeah, like, this, yeah. Doesn't, this doesn't follow the tradition here. Like, oh, no, that is part of the tradition. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is an interesting angle on this. So I, I want us to tease this out a little bit more, you know, when it comes to, um, uh, because the way we got into talking about silence and solitude in the sermon was talking about um, fear also mm-hmm. and peace. Um, what do you see, you know, just all of us from a pastoral perspective in our community, in our congregation, in, you know, the city of San Francisco, what do you think are some of the temptations that might be there for us as a, as a church or as a city when it comes to um, th- these topics? I mean, even some sneaky ways they might show up, right? Like things that we wouldn't necessarily classify them as, uh, oh, clearly this is part of that. Right. What is the way that it sneaks in there for us? Yeah, I I think in in our city, in our community, like we definitely use intellect and knowledge and um, and like success, but like not just in the, like the generic like catch all like, oh, my career. But I think that there's a we are a city that values smart, successful people. We're a city made of smart, successful people. Mm. Um, and a lot, and a, you know, that's a certain corner of our community. That's not all of the city, but that's what has made San Francisco like explode in the last few years is mm-hmm. all of the innovation and all of the, all of the money and all of the like just investment and growth and all of it is not bad necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I think that that we use that as, um, I think that does like creep in to mm-hmm. become a, a higher value than the quiet or a higher value than the silence. We kind of equate then with like nothing. Well, mm-hmm. like knowledge is better than nothing or like, you know, mm-hmm. information is better than silence. And I think that's clearly not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I think that's right. I think that becomes a kind of noise in our, mm-hmm. in our society or in our culture that distracts us. Um, that's just pretty pervasive. It's so subtle too, and it's so rewarded. I think Roheiser, Ronald Roheiser talks about how overwork is rewarded in our culture. Mm-hmm. If you are a workaholic, it is rewarded, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, almost like some forms of eating disorder in our society rewarded mm-hmm. um, by society. There are some, um, there are some uh, ways that, are, that are, our sicknesses and our diseases are rewarded and and in San Francisco, that's kind of it. And and what's not as rewarded is is wisdom, is silence, is mm. slowness, is uh, mm. uh, where where if you were silent in and around a conversation, or even if you're silent, like if you went on a first date, people are like, 
this person's weird and hard to talk to. Like, yeah. you know, sure. it's just not That's rewarded. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, totally. I agree with that. Uh, I mean, I'll say it. It's easy for me to slip into judgment around when I watch people be what, what computes to me is too laid back, not ambitious mm-hmm. enough, you know, all of these kinds of things. Yeah. And, um, and even like, even uh, judgmental about people who have intentionally really cultivated a contemplative life with God, mm-hmm. like it. And this is as a person who values that, mm-hmm. and and that's like, I, I just have to wonder where did I get that from? You know, like where what? This is like basic. I don't know how this podcast turned into confession time with Matt, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you got a lot in there, Matt. Yeah, I Come do. On. I got all right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I needed to be in science quite a bit more um, and release my judgments of, of yeah, silence totally. towards other, uh, you know, solitude and silence and people who've cultivated that life and others and also release that judgment towards myself so that I could actually enter into that mm-hmm. yeah. that much more and not not be in this place of internal turmoil yeah. about it all, right? Yeah, I was, Melissa and I were talking today. I, th- I think that one of the two practices that would that would be the most counterintuitive and therefore ones that probably like dig our heels in and resistance more than anything would be silence, solitude and Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And if mm-hmm. we were doing these really well um, as a community in San Francisco, that people, I think people would be like, you're weird, which is kind mm-hmm. of a, you know, yeah. one of the translations of the word holy, you know, strange, yeah. Yeah. you know, weird. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think it, it could be I want it to be something that our church practices really, really well, mm-hmm. you know? That's good. So as we're wrapping this up, um, I know part of what we're doing in exploring solitude and silence um, as a community is like, this is part of our rule of life as a church. Um, and our rule of life is basically like simple spiritual practices that we do on rhythm in our lives in order to faithfully open up to God in um, and we do it for the sake of unity in our congregation and also maturity, mm-hmm. um, you know, growing as mature followers of Jesus. So um, solitude and silence, uh, w- what we've been doing is thinking about almost like an entry level, like if a person is brand new mm-hmm. to solitude and silence as a spiritual practice, what would they do? And also for those who are maybe a little bit more familiar with it, for a reach, you know, like I've been had some solitude and silence as a practice in my life. What's kind of like a way to amp it up or uh, not to optimize it. That's not what this is about, but just to like be more given to it. So um, Dave, what, what are you thinking when it comes to like an entry level practice of solitude and silence for our congregation to participate in together? Yeah. I, this is where you kind of get into, um, it might be kind of a funny trendy word, but like into um, like practice stacking <laughs> I just, I don't know what's the thing I just made. That's like, I would imagine. Like, you that's just made up and called it trendy. <laughs> well, stacking's trendy, right? Like, okay, like okay. pleasure stacking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Temptation you know, bundling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bundling and stacking is like a thing. But it, honestly, start stacking this practice with your bread reading. With mm. like, you know, we have this acronym that we're, we're doing daily reading. It's really fun to be in a, like reading the same thing as a church together. Right now we're in Acts. We're, almost, we're finishing up Acts. And so... Um, B is uh, be alone with God and R is read and E is like encounter God and um, A is apply like what's the spirit leading you into and and then D is to devote your day so basically Lectio Divina like a take on Lectio Divina mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. the B be with God 
start inserting five minutes of silence and solitude there, like through, through um, sitting upright in a chair, um, breathing, repeating a prayer. It could be the the um, the Lord's prayer. It could be the Jesus prayer. We have these like prayer cards that give suggested prayers. Just use these things to like try to center your mind on on God. Start there. I, I would mm-hmm. start there with with stacking with uh, practice stacking. <laughs> <laughs> practice stacking. I love it. So starting off with just that that five minutes, ten minutes, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, as you're starting off your day, opening the scripture, all of that. Yeah. I love it. And so then for you know the person who's okay, I, I've been doing that and I'm finding life in it and I'm I'm learning from it and all of that. If I were to like really reach, um, kind of be up for a challenge with this practice, what would you tell them? Uh, silent retreat. Yeah. Go on a retreat alone. Um, with like maybe a book on silence, maybe Martin Laird's book, mm. um, uh, your Bible, a journal, and just be alone with God in the, in the, in the woods or somewhere where there's not distracting, where you're not like wanting to go hang out in a coffee shop, but just being alone. Do that for uh, 24 hours or do that. Like wake up early in the morning, go, I remember you and I talked early pandemic mm-hmm. and we were on a walk and, <laughs> and you were just really like at a place like, you know, there's so many things going through your mind mm-hmm. and, uh, we're like, what, what would it look like for this? And you didn't you do the next day. You like yeah. got in your car and you drove down yeah. Yeah. Or alone for a day. Yeah. What happened? What do you do? <laughs> um, yeah, I, yeah. Pandemic is rough, man. And duh. um I I was feeling it and yeah we went on a walk and I was just like verbally vomiting all of my all the like things in my backpack of worry and Mm -hmm. yeah Dave was like you're like I think you just need to go be alone in the woods which is not something that like appeals to me as a person (laughs) I could die out there (laughs) (laughs) um I like camping is a part of my life but it's always like with a bathroom (laughs) I'm a a camping with plumbing kind of person yeah um (laughs) But I, yeah, the next day I, uh, went on a drive and, um, I like, I've, I do this semi-regularly where like, I'll put my phone often in my trunk. So like, I can't reach for it. And I just was, I had no plan. I was like, I'm just going to drive down the one and see how far I get. And then if I get to a place where I can hike and go in the woods, I don't really want to, but I will, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. and I just started like, so got in the car and in the quiet of being in my car felt like, I don't even know if I've actually really shared the story with anybody. Um, I, I felt like God just started retelling me my story hmm. or like our story hmm. and started bringing to mind random memories from my, like early on in my life. And hmm. all of them were painful. Hmm. Every single memory that came to mind was like one of my pain points of my life. And I just, and when the first one came, I was like, what? is why why is this coming this is nothing to do with pandemic this is not um and i've and i've been i've done a manual prayer my my first reaction was okay jesus where were you in that moment Mm. and and as he like walked me through each of these like really poignant pain moments of my life felt like i I was able to ask him where were you Mm. and I, i was able to see where he was and i just like slow cried my way down the one mm. and relived maybe like a dozen of these like really heartbreaking moments in my life. And when I got to the end, I never made it to the woods. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. uh, I think I made it to like 
just north of Santa Cruz and I had a, my hammock in my trunk and I just like pulled over and put my hammock up and sat on the cliff and continued crying and mm-hmm. just like, yeah, I, I needed, I don't know why I needed to look at those, you know, dozen moments, mm-hmm. but there was something powerful about seeing Jesus in the dark, the, t- the 12 darkest moments I could remember or that yeah. he wanted to remind me of. And that like, even in those moments he was there and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that from that still stands as like probably one of the most powerful experiences I've had in in quiet and mm. in solitude and wow. um yeah, it wasn't it wasn't fun. Like I, you know, I don't I would not look back on it and be like, "Wow, what a like special day." It was mm. hard. Mm. But it was one of the I would say it was a moment of total closeness that I had with Jesus. Wow. Like uniquely to my life. Wow. So, I don't remember why that came up, but I'm glad it did. <laughs> yeah, I am too because I think I think, you know, something we said on Sunday that's really important is like when we're saying go on a retreat, like be mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. Don't like throw on your favorite podcast. Right. Don't throw on like, mm-hmm. you know, whatever music. Just be quiet and be with God. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, this is different than like uh, you time, yeah. you know. This yeah. is different yeah. than like I'm going to a movie alone, which is like the best thing in the whole world, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, this is different than that. This yeah. is. Yeah. And then if you're, if, if you're saying, hey, I want to kind of level up, I mean. I mean, level up your time up to 20 minutes, you know, it could be an hour a day mm-hmm. or go on a retreat, which is like this huge, yes. like important thing that, that, you know, sometimes yeah. I go to, um, I drive to Monterey and there's this like, I think there's a church called like the Wayfarer church or some church and mm-hmm. it's always open and I just go and sit in there forever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes just finding a church and sitting quiet in a, in a church, mm-hmm. um, for, for a, a long time is that's so good. I, I, I love that you're bringing up retreat as kind of like the reach practice for solitude and silence. And I just so agree. I, I think the people who I know who are growing in maturity in Christ and really about it, a thing they all have in common, frankly, is like they all want to spend extended time alone, quiet with God. Yeah. Right. And a retreat is the best container for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're in the Bay Area, like I've gone to the... Um, San Damiano um, mm-hmm. Retreat Center in is just across the bay. Um, you want to take the a trip down to Big Sur, go to New Camaldoli Hermitage. Though it's closed now because the road collapsed. The road collapsed. You have to go down south and up around through Paso Robles. So long drive, yeah. that beautiful place. <laughs> that and place is amazing. Yeah. It is amazing. And um, and I also am a big fan of like, go camp, go camp somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. it's the the cheap way to do it. Mm-hmm. Or... Um, you know, this, this weekend, uh, my wife, Lindsay is going to be out of town and I plan on setting that aside mm-hmm. as like a time where I'm going to turn things off mm-hmm. and I'm going to do a home retreat. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so, uh, there's room, what I'm mostly trying to say is there's provision and there's room for opportunity mm-hmm. and creativity around how we get to set aside time for silence and solitude in retreat like ways, mm-hmm. even in our normal life uh, Mm -hmm. with God. So I just, I'm so glad that you're bringing that up. And as we finish things up, um, any final thoughts from uh, any of you about uh, silence and solitude? I I would like to just, before we leave solitude, this idea of like retreat too much. Yeah. Um, I think for those of us who live alone, Mm -hmm. the, I know that solitude is kind of a, it feels a little intimidating because 
my whole life is solitude. Like sure, I, sure. I live alone. The only person I see every morning is my reflection in the mirror. Mm. So I'm alone all the time. So yeah. the, when we talk about like, oh, you have building a way to be alone, that one might, it feels a little bit like, well, can I just wake up tomorrow? Because that would be the same for me. Sure. Or like I'm alone. I live my whole life in solitude. I don't want to keep being in salt. Like continuing to lean into that is just exhausting. I, I crave and need people at this point, you know, to kind of whatever, get me out of my head, whatever it is. And mm -hmm. I would just say like, I would encourage, and I, I'm preaching to myself, encourage us to um, start to consider this, this practice, not so much as, I know Dave talked a lot about like kind of it's this work of subtraction of like pulling distractions away and pulling things away and just being with God and with God alone. Mm -hmm. And that if you, if your life is very oriented to solitude, particularly in pandemic, that for you, it might be, you might, it might be a framing of inviting, like adding and inviting God into your existing solitude. Mm -hmm. That's that, like, good. That's right. You're alone and God wants to meet you in your apartment mm -hmm. on your couch in That's your right. kitchen that like it's it's not just the fact that you're alone but that god is saying hey i see you there alone i want to be i want to join you in that mm -hmm. and That's i good. think it's um it becomes a lot less overwhelming or scary or just like exhausting to me when i think of it as god is there is beauty and opportunity in getting away but there's also a gift in god mm -hmm. like coming to you yes and if you can get away and get camping and get to a retreat center like do it but if you if in this season your solitude is you know sunday to sunday 24 hours a day like all day every week then like there's also an opportunity for god to meet you in that space too mm -hmm. yeah if you, if you were if you lived life of solitude living alone i'd say your solitude and silence silence is more silence and stillness mm -hmm. versus solitude and silence it's yeah how do you because you, you yeah you, most of your life is solitude mm -hmm. how do you be still and how do you be silent yeah those two things yeah mm -hmm. really good point Awesome. Well, thank you everybody for listening and thank you to you two for having this conversation with me. I just really enjoyed it. So me too. Appreciate it. Um, Absolutely. And we hope that it has blessed you church and uh, anybody who's listening and it serves you as you open, open your heart to God in solitude and silence. Um, he'll meet you there. So love and blessing to you all. Take care. <laughs>